Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. Uh, Kyle Porter joins me now. Kyle, did you make the four-team money line parlay this week in the Big 12? Did you bet all four underdogs in Vegas? Uh, if I did, I probably would not be re- recording this podcast with you on a Monday morning. I just—I don't be, know. I'd be retired. I'd be out. It, you wouldn't make that. It depends on how much you wager on it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like a $50 bet, I think nets you about $7,000. So yeah, if you, if you put down some real coin, you'd be... You'd be never be heard from again. <laughs> I'd be running my website from the the Cayman Islands. Yeah, uh, yeah. You'd was, start an Alabama blog. It was a yeah. It was a wild Saturday. Oklahoma State prominently involved. We're all idiots. Uh, which, first of all, we're going to talk about mid first in just a second. But people coming at us about like you guys should have never talked about firing gunny. Nobody said fire. Nobody said that. Like people came after you for that? Yeah. We're just asking questions. I'm not like making declarations about people's employment. Just asking questions. That's we're just you know, just stirring it up a little, seeing what I happens. I feel like I feel like you say this every Monday. Someone came after you for something. It's apparently that's just how it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that's probably true. Um <laughs> Okay, somebody who's not coming after us. Mid first bank. They've been sponsoring the podcast all fall. Uh, they've been awesome. Uh, they've got an OSU credit card, Carson. People people want to show their <laughs> orange to the bone this week. Orange pride. Right uh, for the brand. You can, <laughs> you, can, you can sign up for an OSU credit card at midfirst.com slash pistols firing. Uh, get a $150 bonus. Uh, you can earn points. There's burst all rewards options. Uh, great stuff that midfirst has uh, going on right now. So midfirst.com slash pistols firing and uh, you guys should go check them out um you want to get to the mid first five carson let's do it okay mid first five we got to we got to start with the defense i, I want to give you the four you've been um you've been a, a pretty consistent and fair critic of jim Knowles, and uh i i just i want to give you the four to uh to say your piece about saturday yeah, I mean, obviously they won the game. I think they saved a lot of blushes for the other side of the football and, and their head coach in some certain aspects. But, I mean, man, and it's it's difficult, right, Kyle? Because I feel like most of the year their yards per play given up has been pretty stellar. They just, they've had just two or three plays every single game that has totally skewed their yards per play metric and what they've given up. Remember the Texas game? They... You know, they give up the deep, long pass, uh, and then they give up the, the reverse flea flicker. So you, you tip your cap on those, but then the Baylor game happens where they play really well for, for three quarters and then just get shredded through the air. So for the most part this season, I feel like they've done a pretty good job. You look back at the Kansas State game, the Tulsa game in the second half, they had a shutout. They've, there's been some real high points, but just – the coverage bus and the big plays a handful of times factors that in and you, you have to factor those in. I'm not saying you don't, but against Iowa state, they, they really didn't give up any big plays over I think the 
I don't think they gave a play of over 25 yards the whole game. And they're, they're 89th in the country in yards per play allowed. So yeah. that's still not a good number. But I think you've just seen glimpses of sustained defensive uh, progress or just playing well for a sustained period of time. And then obviously I thought Jim Knowles did an exceptional job. I think he just – remember Sam Darnold said he was seeing ghosts against the Patriots. I think, I think Brock Purdy was seeing ghosts against Oklahoma State. I mean because he didn't even see Malcolm Rodriguez. I, th- I thought Knowles dialed up some perfect – zone schemes over the middle just to really fool Brock Purdy and, and Brock they were always one step ahead of Brock Purdy the entire game I think you have to give, give Jim Knowles a ton of credit for that yeah I I agree and to your point uh Oklahoma State only five teams have allowed more plays of uh of 50 plus yards they've wow. allowed I think six or seven so far this year uh Texas Tech is last in the country uh, so that's that's not good. Oklahoma State losing to Tech. We're going to look back on that at the end of the year and be like, wow, that was really bad. <laughs> they, they would be in the hunt for the Big 12 championship game right now if they hadn't <laughs> dropped that game. Jet Duffy turns into, you know, Bart Starr for a weekend. Um, not, Bart Starr? Yeah. I just you, got, pull, you, got a better, you got a better comp than that. I've just pulled I, – I, he's the first guy. How about, how about Deshaun Watson? <laughs> well, did he – he didn't really run it, though. Does, doesn't Watson run? He does. That's definitely so how the, about that's definitely the first Jet Duffy Bart Starr comparison ever. Yeah. Did Bart Starr throw the ball? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I he's the first Where did guy. you get that from? I don't know. Sorry. He's the first guy I thought of. I don't know why. Okay. Uh I th- actually you, you might know, be an old. I I might be. Marshall <laughs> made it Marshall made a reference this weekend in Slack and I just I was like lost i was like you know head yeah. on a swivel but marshall marshall loses me a lot sometimes because he's so much younger than us yeah for sure but uh you know i think the other thing carson they are i've got it up right i've got it up here right now they are number 60 in the country in third down and uh, getting off the field on third down which it doesn't sound great but the last I don't know, five weeks have been – I mean, it's in conference play. It's been unbelievable. I'll look up their conference-only number. But that's the thing that we've always said about uh, about this defense, right? Just get off the field. Get off the field. Get off the field. And they've been able to do it. So they're – how about this? They're first in the Big 12 in conference-only games in uh, in getting off the field on third down on defense. Wow. that That's a surprising number. So, and I think that speaks to what I was saying about – there's been sustained stretches where they've played really good defense and gotten off the field. So yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point. So um, they they face 65 third downs in conference play, and uh, they've stopped teams uh, 46 times. So 70 wow. what is that? 71 percent of the time they get off the field on third down, which is Man. that's remarkable. And um, you know, I I think it's. I don't know. It, it is somebody was like, well, when you don't face any third downs like against Baylor, that helps your number. <laughs> and I was well, like, that's, that's certainly true. Too. That's a good point. That's fair. Um, no, but I, I think that's an example of they've played a lot of winning football just when they've had those those moments where they're getting off the field a bunch. They, they haven't played complimentary football. The offense has done nothing to help them out. Heat too. So just whether it's you know, Sanders turning the ball over or the defense giving up big plays, just they've all kind of come not complimentary of each other, if you know what I'm saying. Like they just they haven't played complimentary football all season, despite 
a lot of success on third down. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, we can get into the offensive stuff here in a second, but if you look at the last, I think it was the last 36 minutes, defense outscores the offense, which is just like, what? Like, how how in the world, like, Oklahoma State scores two field goals on its last eight offensive drives, and <laughs> they score one touchdown uh, on defense. So defense beats the offense 7-6 to six over the last 36 minutes. It's It's... I mean, if you show me those last eight drives in a vacuum, like before the game starts, I'm like, well, did they lose by 40 or by 50? Because it was, <laughs> it was bad. I mean, late on offense. And, you know, I, I thought it was cool because so they get picks from uh, Trey Sterling. They get picks from Malcolm Rodriguez. And they get picks from uh, our boy Amen, my favorite Canadian other than Chuba. And they're all and their Steve Nash. They're all their yeah, and uh, Andrew Wiggins. They're all their first career picks. And I, I I bet there's no way to tell this, but I bet that's the first time that's ever happened where it, it, at least in Oklahoma State history, where three guys got their first career picks in a single game before. On three straight possessions. On three straight possessions. Right? And the other thing is like and this was sort of what I was worried about in the second half, and it didn't affect them at all. They faced 88 plays on defense, which is a – I mean, that's a lot. Even in the Big 12, that's quite a bit. That's a ton. And only 55 on offense. And so it was a a weird thing where the defense is out there and you're like, they're going to get worn down. They're going to get worn down. And they never did. And they actually got better at the end. I I thought it was – I thought it was probably – I mean, I thought it was easily the best defensive performance we've seen all year. Iowa State's a good offense too. I mean, it's not – I mean – they're talented. Like they score a lot, and they didn't against Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean Purdy was sixth in the country coming to this game and passing, and so I guess body by glass, right? He deserves a raise after that <laughs> defense not tiring out. Uh, you mentioned the the offense getting outscored, and that's in the second half. And that's something I wanted to bring up. Uh, to me, Kyle, I just one of the most discouraging things this season for me is the lack of adjustments by the offense at halftime. Here's their point totals in the second half in Big 12 play. And they scored 13 against Iowa State in the second half. They scored 14 against Baylor in the second half. Seven of those against Iowa State were on defense, too. Oh, true. Very true. So six so six points against Iowa State on two field goals that you mentioned. Uh, Baylor, they scored 14 points in the second half. Texas Tech's the outlier here. They scored 28, yeah. but... I think context matters. You know, you look at the Oklahoma-Kansas State game, you look at, oh, you scored 41 points. Well, they were getting destroyed and scored a couple late touchdowns while K-State's playing prevent. Well, <laughs> OSU scored some points against Tech in the second half, but did, did anybody really think they were going to win the game? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, K-State, they had 10 points in the second half. Texas, they had 10 points in the second half. So they've only scored more than 14 points in the second half once, and that was that was against Tech. In, in Big 12 play. Yeah. To me, that illustrates just a severe lack of adjustments on the fly mid-game by the offensive staff, whether that's Mike Gundy, Sean Gleason, I don't care. But the, the second-half production has been abysmal, and it's it's why their record really, frankly, is what it is because their defense, while we've mentioned, has done pretty well to get off the field on third down some, they're still OSU's defense. They're still giving up big plays throughout conference play, and and that's why their that's why their record is what it is. Their second halves. Yeah, I and I think I think it's as simple as I mean that that's I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I thought of it. I didn't think about it for the whole year. I thought about it for the last two weeks because they were pretty 
miserable against Baylor for the most part in the second half and then just abysmal against Iowa State. And I didn't extend that out, uh, though it's true for, for at least the rest of the conference slate. I think it's as simple as like, oh, that's what Sanders does. Um, here's how we stop it. And OSU doesn't have anything else. <laughs> and it's like, well, like, are you going to like respond to that? Or are you just going to keep running your stuff? And then that's, that's that. And that was the frustrating part. And and I said this during the first half, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. Like Tylen is a monster and Chuba goes 65 to the house and, and it looks cool. It's fun. It's great. I love to post those videos, but is that how you want, is that like sustainable? Like, is it like your offense is like trying to hit home runs from 70 yards out on bubble screens and, um, you know, draws up the middle. Like that's, that's the offense. And it just, and it caught up with them in the second half. And it's like, they don't, they just can't, they could, they can't find the groove on offense, not just that game, but for the entirety of the season. And, I, I, I don't know if that's – and that's why, like, you look at this game and you're like, oh, you know, Oklahoma State, they have momentum coming coming back to Boone Pickens. And it's like, well, the offense has to figure something out because what they're doing right now, it, it's just not it, – it just it just screams of 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. Yeah, it just – the game against Iowa State just – it was just a case of having – like, I thought you made a great point in your 10 thoughts. It was just – two NFL players playing against Iowa state. Like it wasn't, it wasn't so much, you know, scheme and schematics. It was more of, well, Tylen Wallace is going to truck two dudes. He's going to stiff arm a dude into oblivion. He's going to break a tackle and run 70 yards. And then Chuba is going to take, you know, an ordinary carry up the middle and just blazes past four or five secondary guys that not hardly anybody else in the country can do. And past that, Kyle, there wasn't a whole lot of success. <laughs> I mean, but before we before we get back to that, just the, the Tylen Wallace play, like I haven't mm. – I tweeted this. Like I was trying to rack my brain of a more impressive individual play in the history of OSU football from a wide receiver. You know, you, people suggested Justin Blackman in the Fiesta Bowl, just take your pick. Uh, Rashawn Woods' catch against Oklahoma, the TD Bryant catch, the the – Des Bryant over the shoulder against Georgia. I'm sorry. This is the most impressive. Not only did he run 70 yards, he tr- like I said, he trucked two dudes. That would alone would have been an amazing play. Then he the stiff arms and everything else. Like that was out of this world, Kyle. That, that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It, it is. It's in the pantheon. I mean, it, it was. It, it reminded me of the. Uh, remember the Josh Stewart punt return where he put like five TCU guys on the deck. Yep. It was like that, but. But all of them, like, like none of those guys really touched uh, Josh Stewart. All of these guys touched Tylen, and he was just swatting them away. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was incredible. And look, like, I'm not saying, like, if the alternative is like, um, you know, little little slants to Dylan Stoner and like pitches to LD Brown, then yeah, like, try to hit home runs with Chuba and and Tylen. That's not. I, I'm not saying like, don't give it to them. I'm saying like. Again, I say it every week. I wrote it in my 10 thoughts. Where's the Oregon State offense? That was a real offense. That was awesome to watch. It felt like Sanders had more confidence in that game than he's had in any game since then. And I just don't know why um, they don't go back 
to a lot of that stuff. But yeah, the Thailand thing was like, it was crazy. I mean, I, 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 I'm with you. I can't remember. I mean, everybody saw probably the Chad Ocho Cinco tweet and that's kind of, <laughs> I think that's kind of how everybody was feeling as they watched that. I mean, he looked more like Adrian Peterson than a wide receiver just running over everybody. But, uh, but no, I, I think you're right. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. What, were, what was the point you just made before that? Uh, why don't they go back oh, to the, the offense? Yeah. The offense. Yeah. I mean, to me, they don't really have like a bread and butter is my biggest takeaway. Like the thing I keep kind of coming back to, and this is, I might be an old, this is like an older reference, but like, do you remember watching Vince Young at Texas? Did they not do the zone read like three out of five plays? And just they would hand it off to the running back, hand it off to the running back, hand it off to the running back, and boom, Vince Young's gone. Yeah, he ke- he keeps it like the sixth or seventh time they've run it. And to me, something like that, where it's you know it's a zone where your your offensive line doesn't have to blow people off the ball. You let Chuba kind of find a, a crease. Like they should be doing that to death on teams. Like like Vince Young did not run a complicated offense. <laughs> it's like, we're going to run zone read a million times. And then I'm going to throw it over the middle to my tight end. And I'm going to throw it deep to Lima Swede. That's, well, it, that's basically our offense. I, you said tight end over the middle. I think the frustrating part is like, where's Jelani? Where's Jelani? Where's Jelani? And then they hit him and it looks like not complicated. It's like, Oh, well run that like four times a game. You know, like it, it's not like, I just think they get so like wound up about about Sanders, and I get it, but like I don't know, like a lot of his stuff. I mean, some some of his deal is like set your feet, dude. Like just turn your like take another like tenth of a second, turn your body. I mean, he had Shuba over the middle late, like in the fourth quarter, and it's like just flip it to him. There's nobody even like on the screen with Shuba, like uh, if you're watching on TV, which some of us do, and um. He could. He just. He didn't set his feet, and he can't get it to him. So I. I sort of get it, but like the Jelani thing up the middle, like just hit him. Like he's there. Like it, it did, and it didn't look like it was that difficult for Sanders to do. I, they just get so. Well, they I don't didn't know. throw the ball. They didn't throw the ball to Blake Jarwin, and he's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess they're just not going to throw to the Cowboys. I mean, Jelani Woods is going to play in the NFL. So they need to they need to throw in the ball more. But again, I look they won the game. I don't mean to be too critical, but yeah. but again, and I don't mean to give Spencer Sanders a pass either. I don't think he's been. I don't think he's lived up to expectations. I mean, the throw, the interception he made, Kyle. I mean, oh. you're taught in like flag football when you're nine not to do that. Not let alone at the Big Twelve level. It's just he just he makes plays that. And again, he's young. He's learning. I understand that. But those are those those type of plays are just inexcusable from a starting quarterback at the Big Twelve level. You just can't do that. And so he's he's learning. But man, I don't mean to give him a pass. And but and it, but again, OSU won the game. I don't mean to be too critical. Just yeah, the yeah. offense has to figure some things out. Yeah. No, I I agree. And and I again, I, I I'm with you. I I don't. I'm not trying to sound like a buzzkill here. It just it felt like the way they won the game is not like a way forward, <laughs> you know, like it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it was fun and it was, I'm glad they won and it was great. And I'm glad for all those guys on defense. Cause I think that they've been better than people act like all year. Um, but I mean, how, how, like, are you going to, are you going to trust any big 12 defense to win you games week after week? That's, that's just a, that's a big ask, and if you can't, if your offense can't find a groove, especially in the second half, like you pointed out, then uh, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a lot of issues. Um, 
You want to talk about Mike Gundy? Uh, yeah. Do we want to talk about his attire or his coaching performance? <laughs> I don't know what we expect at this point. I expected what I saw. A hoodie <laughs> tucked into khaki pants with the leather belt and the Oakley shades. I thought uh, Evan Epstein had a great tweet. He said, every now and then I watch OSU football. And uh, well, let me pull up the exact tweet. But he basically references... Uh, Mike Gundy's attire and this this look right here Kyle is up there in the Pantheon with the the bedlam five degree game where he had the tear away <laughs> pants the zip away pants at the knee uh, Evan Epstein says every time I watch Oklahoma State play Evan Epstein former Oklahoma State center if you don't know I have come to grips with the fact that I played for a guy who tucks his sweatshirt into his pants <laughs> it's it's truly incredible and never gets old and he was rocking the shades uh, he at one point, and I wrote about this really briefly. At one point, he ripped his shades off in the middle of the game. I thought he was going to give them to a ref so he could like see the play that he missed or something, which would have been just the all-time gif. Like it, it would, it would have gotten like ten million views in two minutes. <laughs> um, he, I, I don't know if he was great, but. It did feel like, and you saw this early with the the Thailand thing. It just felt like Oklahoma State came to play a little bit more than they have in, you know, the Baylor and the Tech. And I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe I'm just saying that because they won. Um, but I I do. Th- it did seem like they were a, a little bit more um, proactive in this game than they have been the last few weeks. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're what now five and two. As an underdog under Gundy, the last last seven. I mean, they just. I tweeted that of college football coaches, number one is is Nick Saban, number two is Bear Bryant, and number three is back against the wall Mike Gundy. Because yeah. it's so true. Like every time, like he's being questioned, like should he not should he be fired, but like his status in the Big Twelve or his status at Oklahoma State, his tenure, he just comes out and wins. It, remind, it reminded me a lot of the 2014. Uh, bedlam game in Norman where we were wondering if he was going to leave or be fired after that game <laughs> things were going so poorly and they, they come out and win the game in Norman so it just he he coaches differently his his team to me comes out ready to play more in those situations it's I mean good luck trying to figure out OSU football but that's one thing we've kind of come to expect right when they're when they're an underdog they, they typically come out and play well and I thought I thought that was another example of that but but again I can't I can't let him off the hook for the fourth and one call, Kyle. I, I can't do it. Mm. I mean, I love the call, of, of the, or the, rather the decision to go for it and win the game. I mean, you got pros on your on your offense. I get it. But it was like I was watching the Texas game all over again. Yeah. Why are you running 11 men in the box offense, goal line formation, <laughs> telling them, hey, we're running the football, and we're going to hand it three or four yards deep in the backfield on like a stretch, slow developing. It was like the exact same call they used against Texas. Just well, it's, it's almost, the short side of the field. It was just, it was all bad. It's almost like, and he does this against, uh, like in team against teams where he's like clearly outclassed in terms of talent. He's like, yeah, we're good. We got, we got enough guys. And it's like, I don't think you have enough guys. Like, I don't think you have the firepower that you think you have, uh, right now. And that's sort of what it felt like against Iowa State, right? It's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll just we'll mow them over. Offensive line, best offensive line, best best grade an offensive line's received since I've been here, 
Remember that Oregon State game? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. Ah, have you been like watching the same stuff I've been watching? Um, but I'm with you. Like I thought it was. I thought I liked him going for it. I think we just. I think we just bury him so often for being like too concerned. I I just I it was good. I, I I am pro that decision. But as soon as they ran out there, I was like, well, that's not gonna work. And yep. it didn't work. Um, by the way, while, while I'm still thinking about this, why don't they swing? Uh, why don't they swing Chuba out on pass plays? You it's a what, great question. You know what I'm talking about? Like like Iowa State did with uh, uh, what's the what's the guy's name? Um, the running back that had like 100 Hall. Huh? Was it Hall? We're old. This is this is atrocious. <laughs> Yes, I know what you're saying. Like, I felt like when when Chuba was a redshirt freshman, what the times he played, that's that's basically what they did with him, right? He was just kind of a third down scat back receiving type receiver or uh, running back. Yet now that he's the starter, like teams can just sit there, and when Chuba's in the game, they know they're not going to throw him the football. It's either he's going to carry it or it's going to be play action. <laughs> like, a, that's bizarre to me. Um, I'm trying to look up his stats here. I mean, does, I mean, how many catches does he have this year? Let's see here. He has. I think he's got like. He has three. eight catches. He has okay. eight catches this year, which seems high. I, I don't remember eight catches, but uh, I mean, yeah. To me, that's that's another aspect of of the offense. I think is open to you know interpretation. Why why don't they throw him the football? To me, it's a lot like you know the Patriots when when Sony Michelle's in the game for the Patriots, you know they're running the football. Or, or they're definitely not passing him the football because he doesn't catch passes. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that. Uh, Brees Hall is his name. I said Hall. I got yeah, that you, part right. <laughs> you nailed it. I wanted to say like Reese, but it sounded preposterous. So we were both sort of got there. Uh, okay. Rest of the season. Oklahoma State has a TCU at home. They've got Kansas at home. They go to West Virginia, and then they've got OU at home. They're five and three right now. Um, they are, I think they're sixth or seventh in the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is just a is a mess. Baylor somehow is like two games from being in the Big Twelve <laughs> title. It's a quagmire. It is. It's insane. Uh, what what is what's the outlook? What 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 uh, is there a line? What what's the line on OSU TCU? I haven't seen four, it. Four and a half. OSU's four and a half point favorite, which is not the situation they come out and play well, Kyle. No, being no. a favorite at home against a team they think they're just better than. Here's I got these stats up right now. As a okay, so you brought this up since 2017. As an underdog, five and two, 71 percent winning percentage. As a home favorite, seven and six, fifty-four percent. How does that make sense over a three-year span that you are way better as an underdog, whether it's home or away, than you are as a home favorite? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And to me, the only explanation is they just don't come out ready to play. They don't. They don't come out coaching aggressively. They just think we're better than this team. Over the course of this game, we're going to win, and I think they they take it for granted and they get punched in the mouth a lot. I mean, that game against Kenny Hill when OSU had Mason Rudolph and we're six in the country, they got dominated in that game. So I don't know. I don't know what the explanation is other than that. Kenny Trill, um, I don't know what to expect. I 
run an Oklahoma State website in which we are supposed to analyze and predict uh, what is going on with college sports teams, and uh, I I have no idea. I, I don't. Yeah, I, don't. Uh, I mean, if this team is is who we thought they were, to quote Denny Green, like they should go win the next three games into OU. Like go be, beat TCU at home. That's not asking a lot. Although TCU looks better than they than I thought they were going to be this year. They they beat up on Texas at home this week, which Texas might not be very good, by the way. Uh, and then they get. Kansas at home beat beat less miles in Kansas. That's not asking very much. And then go to West Virginia, a team that's likely going to be done by the time you get to Morgantown. They're already done, but they're playing out the string. So I mean, yeah, I mean, my expectation is going to win the next three games. And if they don't, I think it's going to be a massive disappointment. And I think if they don't, you can just sum this season up as a massive disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. And then, you know, who, who the hell knows with Bedlam? It's bed, th- weird things happen at Bedlam. OSU's played really well in Bedlam the last two years. Mike Gundy has, well, I'll give Mike Gundy a little credit here. You know, we used to, coming into every Bedlam game, we used to say, well, he's going to coach scared to death. He's, he was terrified that Barry Sanders Jr. was going to run the kickoff back <laughs> for a touchdown. He, he took a I knee, admit, he took a knee instead of trying to get a field goal in Bedlam and Norman. And then, Frankly, the last two years he has gone for the jugular. He has let it all hang out, yeah. and it's been it's been a joy to watch. He so has, I think anything he, can happen. He is, metaphorically speaking, he has unzipped his uh, ski pants. Yeah, and the way Oklahoma got flat out dominated by Kansas State, like their defense isn't the steel curtain like we kind of thought it was for a little while. So who, who knows? Maybe they will. Um, play well in that game too so no, I just, that's my expectations i just thought about the uh, so the two hardest time the two times i've laughed the hardest on this podcast since we've been doing it it's like episode 280 i think i can clearly remember the two hardest times i've ever laughed one was uh junior junior <laughs> junior no take no. a knee don't run it get down <laughs> and the other do you know what the other one is Iowa? No, but that's probably top five, top ten. Whenever Iowa was in the like the playoff scenarios, it was. Oh, yeah, that was so good. That's like that's like peak Carson content. Is when Iowa's in the in the when they when they don't play the best teams in their conference and just beat up on Minnesota and get to be in the playoff. Discussions. That was a, that was a good take. We might get to that at the end. Um, no, the Yersich Mountain thing. Do you remember that? No, you're such a mountain. When you said, when I said, when I like flipped on your and, uh, and you said that, that I had died and been buried on that, on that hill and they had, <laughs> they had to dig me out. <laughs> oh yes. I remember. <laughs> I'm going to go find those two clips today and just, <laughs> just crack up. Uh, Okay. Let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, pretty pretty good threads, Carson. I loved them. I thought they were great. They were awesome. Like, the helmet to me was exquisite. Yeah. Like, that's everything I want in an alternate helmet. It, it complements the entire look. I want to see that helmet, Kyle, when they ever decide to wear black, gray, black. I mean, just... it. The helmet went so well with the gray pants. I thought it was one of the better road looks they've had, certainly this season, but maybe since they've gone to the new uniforms. I thought they were subtle, but they were they were great. I, I loved it. I thought the helmet was exceptional. Yeah, 
I I agree. the The brand on that black helmet was uh, was phenomenal. I don't get worked up about the lack of orange. Um, I don't I don't care. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really really good. They've done a great job. They they just I feel like they keep getting better. Like they keep like just tightening stuff up. And uh, it just keeps getting better and better. Well, and I'm a I'm a sucker for the chrome face mask too. It yeah. just looks mean. I, I love it. I thought, yeah, you're, to your point, yeah, the helmets just keep getting better and better and better. So it's it's been a joy to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, Uni Heisman. Well, and we just praise the uniforms, and I think that that's certainly applicable but like this uniform it it certainly seemed like everyone kind of looked the same yeah more than any other uniform you basically either were wearing the high black socks or you weren't you you were either trey sterling with the high socks or you were malcolm rodriguez with the no the no show socks so this to me was like one of the tougher uni heismans because no one really truly stood out but i I thought rodarius williams certainly looked like like a sec defensive back he had the the two sleeves on each arm just looked the part so he, he stood out to me. I'll go with uh, Rodarius Williams. He looked pretty good. I was going other side of the field uh, with AJ Green. He had like these kind of like spat looking things on his shoes, but they weren't like true spats. I don't know. He would. I thought he looked great. I thought it was. He, a, he's a candidate every week. Yeah, he's he's awesome, especially wearing wearing the number four. Um, okay, what else we got here? Oh, mid first again. Let's talk about mid first ultimate game day experience. Back on back on board. You can win two VIP tickets to an OSU game in November that people will actually want to attend, Carson. Um, Heck yeah. Each swipe of your OSU credit card or debit card is another entry into the Ultimate Game Day experience. You can also win $500 cash. They're giving away a gift basket, a lot of stuff that MidFirst is doing. All you have to do is use your debit, uh, MidFirst debit or credit card. So pretty cool thing from them. And, uh, you know, it's not like I don't think people are like all the way back in. It's funny like just how much it swings from week to week. You can see it. Somebody was emailing me. Uh, you can see it in the, our website traffic. Like it is just it, awesome. It's, it's crazy how much it varies from uh, wins to losses week in and week out. And look, like I don't think the overall narrative about Gundy or the program have necessarily changed because they got three picks in one quarter in Ames. But it shifts it a little. It changes it a little. And uh, I think that's part of the fun about college football is there's only 12 of these things. And so you talk about them differently than when there's like 81 basketball or 82 basketball games or 162 baseball games. You, you can't get caught up in some of the narrative stuff in those sports like you like you actually can and maybe should at times with college football. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, bullets Great for bullet, bullets and BBs time. Yeah, you you go. You you got a good one here. Uh, bullets. I think we we've talked a lot about it. Uh, I'll give a bullet helmet sticker to um, Malcolm Rodriguez, Amen Ogbongbamiga, uh, and really the whole linebacking crew. They've they've been great all year to me. I mean, obviously they've probably played some part in some of the big plays they've given up, but they've they've been exceptional, and I think they've really lessen the loss of, of Calvin Bundage, who Bill, Bill Hasten reported that Calvin Bundage is going to sit out the rest of the year and come back next year. I think that's encouraging for next season. But Malcolm has been awesome at linebacker. That, that to me, was a, an outstanding decision by the coaching staff. Amon's been light years better than I, – I, I know a whole lot about him, and he's been, he's been exceptional. So I want to give a helmet sticker to those guys. Those guys were awesome. They, they got their first career picks and uh, helped win the game. 
Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, I got Tylen. I, that that uh, that run itself deserves a bullet sticker. Um, he's unbelievable, and he's had a really underrated year, I think, and uh, especially a year where it's like <laughs> everybody. I mean, it was a little different, I think, in ten and eleven with Blackman because Whedon was so good at spreading it around that you. Uh, when you defended them, like certainly you had to defend Blackman, but you're also kind of worried about everybody else because of Whedon. And with Sanders, he's just locked in, locked in, locked in to Tylen, and defenders know that, and he's still just putting up crazy numbers. So uh, he's been awesome. Uh, BB sticker, Iowa State. <laughs> Win nine games in a year. Can't do it. <laughs> they can't do it. Oh, uh, you've come back to this. They can't win. Nine you weren't games. feeling too good about this a week ago. No, I wasn't. I I thought they were going to. I thought I thought they were going to go ten and two and and go to the Big Twelve title game. But uh, <laughs> you know, Oklahoma State dashes their Alamo Bowl dreams, and uh, it's a, it's tough. You know, it's tough to win nine games. Mike Gundy's only done it like eight times. So, um, yeah, BB sticker to Iowa State. Get it done at home. I've also got a BB sticker for Iowa State. And this is going to go against my general philosophy, but I think I've I think I've changed. You know, I'm a big proponent of playing on natural grass. I think it's kind of a shame we all play on AstroTurf now, the the new field turf. But Iowa State, cut your grass. You're like the dude in the neighborhood who just refuses to cut the grass and it looks terrible. Like their grass was thicker than U.S. Open rough. <laughs> And people slip all over the place. I think I've come around to turf because if you notice, Kyle, how many we rarely see people slip at Boone Pickens, right on the on the field turf. I yeah. think that's the case for most field turfs. I think, I think I've finally given up the football should be played on natural grass because they they were slipping and sliding. OSU was, or, or OU slips and slides at home on their field a lot. So cut your grass, Iowa State, and uh, I think I've officially changed my tune on natural turf. Yeah, that's. Uh... Somebody asked me, by the way, do, I think, actually, I think my wife asked me, does, does, uh, does, because we were watching the Kansas Tech ending. I don't, I don't think it was her, it was somebody, but does, does Les eat the, the pellets? <laughs> does he just chew on the pellets now? I don't know. I don't know what Les is doing. I don't know what Texas Tech's doing with that lateral off the blocked field goal. <laughs> okay. Oh, real quick. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. We're going to come back and wrap up with uh, with the Big 12. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. I'll set you up. My one interesting thing, all four underdogs won on Saturday. TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas and Kansas State. And by the way, I thought that was kind of a bad call against OU. I'm not complaining about it, but that was that was pretty questionable. 
right? Can't over, you can't overturn the call. They acted like there was like to overturn that call. There has to be indisputable evidence. And I mean, I watched. You can it look like, at that call. You can look at that play ten times and not know if he was blocked or not. I watched it like many, many times, and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I'm not seeing it. I, I yeah. Anyway, it uh, seems like they just said, oh well, it hit the guy before ten yards. Yeah. Touching. They didn't even factor in the rule. That's the rule. And that wasn't even the craziest finish in the state of Kansas on Saturday because Tech, like, that's actually a play that I would expect from a Les Miles coach team, right? Like, where you're like, well, it wasn't even a lateral. They just, like, dropped the ball, like, on purpose. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what I think happened. he was trying to lateral it, and it just fell out of his hand. It was, like, I was watching that at work, and, and Brian, Brian Keating was like, that guy can, that guy will be known for that play in Lubbock the rest of his life. And I said, he's like, he's like Garrett Limbrick or Brent Parker of Texas Tech <laughs> now. They'll little, always remember that lateral, that, that doomed lateral. A little lower stakes probably, but, uh, well, a lot lower, but you know what I mean? It shines a light on how bad the OSU loss at Tech was because Tech is lousy. Um, you know, they're not, I don't think they're like an abomination. I mean, but look, Kansas is six and 79 this decade. That was their sixth win this decade. <laughs> Less miles getting it done, man. And, and again, I, I tweeted this too on Saturday night. I, I think this, you might've been setting up, but the big 12, the nine, the nine game conference slate where it's a round Robin has hurt them. No Big 12 team's gone undefeated in the regular season since 2009 Texas, and that was before the nine-game round robin. The SEC plays eight conference games, one less. That's one less conference loss. It's one less power five. And their divisions, you don't play the best teams every year. Texas A&M has not played Georgia yet. They play them in a couple weeks. They joined the SEC in 2012. They haven't had to play Georgia. Like, it's absurd. Yeah. And so I just – the Big 12 – it's really it goes back to when you when you went down to ten teams, man. It really hurt this conference because now it's the most fair way to decide a champion. Yes, the the nine conference games where it's a round robin, but you just give yourself an extra loss as opposed to the SEC and, and the Big Ten where you don't play the best teams every year. So I think that's really hurt the league. And I thought you know all four teams is that why all four underdogs won on Saturday? I'm not saying that, but it does create a little more chaos when you add that ninth conference game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, do you want to give your one interesting thing before we go? Yes, I've noticed this for years, and it's it's so great every time, and I think Jackson LaVarnway does a great job capturing it most games. Was Is Mike Gundy doing the alma mater with the Palm Squad? It's just, it's like the perfect advertisement for, like, never graduate, yeah. like that, that slogan. I, I love it. I always make the joke that, that OSU Palm is, is undefeated since 1945. They won the national title in 1945, and, and and they've won it every year since. And uh, it's it's always it always amuses me when Gundy does that. I love it. It is uh, it is pretty funny. Uh, okay, fun fun weekend. Uh, good pod. We will be back at later in the week. Oklahoma State basketball starts on Friday. Exhibition game against I think it's Roger State. That's usually who they. Are. That's like their traditional like opening opening exhibition. Yep. Um, so we'll talk a little bit, a little bit about that. Talk about the TCU game, Carson. I will talk to you later in the week. Sounds good. See ya.